Okay, let's link around. So I guess they'll be live. Hopefully get some changes to join me today. Hey, what's up, Tunablers? Yeah, so getting just a kind of a little bit of a late start here. I was kind of rushing to get the, the promos out during the little intro video and countdown that's always a little bit stressful i wanted to get here earlier but um was dealing with some random uh stressors helping my wife with some work issues she was having and i'm happy to be back into you know streaming and talking about cyberpunk and you know gm tips and anything else um, i do have a list of questions a bunch of friends and uh, people part of the cyberpunk community the cyberpunk uncensored discord and group have sent me i'll go over those but you know, anybody tuning in live, you know, feel free to ask questions as we go. Um, and it can be about anything, obviously. Let me get the chat open here, too. Hey, PWB, you made it. That's awesome. How are you doing today? I haven't talked to you in a, a day or two. Yeah, I've been working with Zach on the... He, he put together the next screen sheet thing, and then I guess we're going to work on a special one Hopefully by uh, maybe by the eighth, it might be the week after. I'm doing a session zero this coming Wednesday for Cyberpunk Uncensored. I have a new ongoing I'm starting. Has some really cool players in it. I, I encourage everyone tune in uh, this coming Wednesday. It'll be at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard, and uh, and then the following when uh, following Thursday, uh, I'm starting the Sirenscape Weekly uh, gameplay. And that's going to have a lot of great players as well. But after we get through the session zeros, I'm going to make a screen sheet uh, for each one of those sessions and try to do that regularly since we do have that project going, or at least at the beginning of each main campaign or whatever. And maybe, you know, just to drop in for some potential side arcs and stuff. And anybody tuning in watching the live stream or the VOD, uh, if you're curious what I'm talking about, check out cyberpunkuncensored.com and you'll see the screen sheet. Uh, project and in there that's where you can get free screen sheets you can contribute stories and fake ads and stuff to them it's really cool and uh, pwb here in chat he he helped get it started and now he's one of the one of the lead writers uh, contributing stories and stuff with us uh, with my buddy zach who's also kind of a head editor or whatever there he's helping out now kind of uh you know put the templates together and all that good stuff too with the rest of the team there's a lot of people contributing you'll see names on the site but uh, before I get started, I do want to give a shout out to all my supporters on Patreon. Uh, Nuno Gaming, Chris Anderson, Steve Barr of Sirenscape, one of our sponsors here. Uh, really appreciate him and those guys over there. Uh, Matt James, who's also GM Reservoir Panda. You can see him streaming every Sunday at 10, uh, 10 a.m. 
Samurai Mac, Corruption and Roshan, uh, Simon Peter, Method, Nick Master Filippo, Dolan Pondsmith, uh, who's also an artist. Uh, we should be featuring her soon uh, on the server. I've been waiting for her to send some of the, the info so I can get her promoted over there. Uh, Chris Pilkington, William Huddleston, and Naomi Maglash. Uh, those last two names, they'll be actually two of the players in my Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, ongoing that we're starting this coming Wednesday. Um, that's going to be a monthly, though. That's got to be a monthly because I've got the Sirenscape weekly and then another monthly going. Lot, lots of gameplay coming up. Uh, hey, what's up, George? Oh, audio is really low. Uh, okay, yeah, let me check that. Let me... Oh, yeah, the, the volume was down a bit. You should be able to hear me much better now. Um, and hopefully that's not blowing people out now. People that were tuned in maybe cranked <laughs> cranked up their volume trying to hear me and now I'm to normal now they're telling me to shut the fuck up but all right let's we're pressing forward <laughs> I'm doing good thanks for letting me know um yeah I didn't catch that hopefully everybody also caught the the Patreon supporters shout out um I really appreciate everybody there uh, PWB sweet I thought it was just me <laughs> that's funny you're using q-tips you're like shit something's wrong um but yeah let's get into it this is my uh my AMA my ask me anything um, I, I don't know if I'm going to do it monthly or what. I mean, this is the third one. It's within like two and a half weeks or three weeks. So it's kind of becoming a weekly thing. Um, but I might space it out a bit more depending on, uh, you know, time availability once I get all this other gameplay going. Because I also want to maintain the series, um, the different series that I'm putting out, like the, the Deep Dive series, uh, the GM Roundtable, um, my Night City Live um, you know, I want to continue with interviews and stuff and crash course tutorials. My GM tips series, I've got uh, some different uh, episodes of that uh, kind of planned ahead. Um, so I don't know how much more I'm going to keep doing this, but uh, let me open up the questions that I've got so far. And again, anybody has anything, you can type it in the chat. And this can be anything from, you know, I prefer cyberpunk, you know, game master tips and stuff. I love chatting about that, but it can also be about my background in filmmaking, being a musician, uh, trainer, any of that stuff, an entrepreneur. I run a bunch of businesses and sites. I've uh, produced, directed, and acted in, in films and do that on like an indie level. And I've um, uh, also been a touring musician in the past. I do voiceover work and, and sound sets. I help with Sirenscape. You can hear some of my past bands in the Cyberpunk Red sound assets uh, in Sirenscape. A lot of that real, you know, hardcore uh, stuff that you hear in that, like kind of new metal shit, you know. Um, but yeah, let's get into the questions. The first one here um, is from Curtis Blesh. Uh, this is from the group. This is from the RPG group, the Red RPG group. Uh, sorry if this has been asked before, but can anyone explain the complementary skill rule or give an example for it in combat or out of combat usage? And um, the first thing I thought about was something that our players were talking about doing with sniping. And it's funny because uh, one of my past players actually commented this. Um, which is Eric Hughes playing one of the tech, uh, the tech coupler in our ongoing. Um, but yeah, it's an example, at least in combat, would be like you know a sniper trying to get a shot off, and <clears throat> to give him a complimentary bonus, like a plus one. Maybe the teammate uses their uh, you know science mathematics skill uh, along with having some binoculars to kind of delegate. He does that that check rolls beats the DV, the his. Uh, partner or whatever his teammate gets the plus one um and then they try to you know do their sniper shot but that's how they get the plus one you know their their teammate or whatever has to roll first 
they have to succeed at whatever they're trying to do their skill check. And if they do, and it makes sense to complement whatever the teammate's doing, that plus one goes to the teammate, then they can now attempt whatever they were trying to do and get the plus one bonus. Um, an example, out of combat, and there's probably more, if anyone thinks of any, put them in the chat, but um, like picking a lock maybe, maybe a teammate's about to do that and uh, another teammate uses their perception check you know, for hearing and maybe they have an audio suite to get a bonus along with that and they have a flashlight and they're checking it to listen for clicks and things and then they, they beat the DV, now they get the plus one to their pick lock, you know? Something like that. So there's all kinds of ways, just have it make sense. Whatever um, you know, skill, action, or combat that the player's trying to do, um, another player to get that plus one bonus or whatever would need to uh, you know, do something that makes sense to help whatever they're trying to do. Like I said, you know, use their mathematics skills and some binoculars to help the sniper, uh, use a flashlight and you know, their perception or hearing or something along those lines to help to pick lock or uh, maybe dexterity. Maybe they're involved in trying to help. However you work it out, it's GM discretion, but just have it make sense, and that's how you get that plus one. Um, George, uh, what are your thoughts on 2077? Um, I really haven't dove into it. I have a whole new system coming with a badass graphics card, um, obviously on hold thanks to all the, the Bitcoin shit that's been going on. But um, but I have been seeing all the new patches and updates, the new one that just came out recently. It seems like it's making people happier as as they go, as expected, you know? Um, I think they re released a huge badass game, but obviously it had some issues um, on certain consoles, certain things, whatever, um, like most games do, but this on a bigger level because it was so hyped, obviously. But, uh, but you know, it's coming. Uh, all, all the patches, everything, in due time, it'll be better. I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of downloadables and shit. You know, it's going to be awesome, but um, that's my thought. I think uh, just like how Red is new and pe some people complain there's not a lot of material or source material or modules and things for it as in 2020 and it's nothing like 2020. Well, give it time. You know, it's new. It just came out. And I feel like that with the video game. Give it time. They'll, they'll fix it. And as it goes, it'll get better and better. Um, but the game, I think, awesome, uh, you know, from what I've seen. And like I said, I haven't dove into it yet. But um, I'm excited also because I run Virtual Reality Live. Uh, myself and my wife who plays, uh, was playing Raven. She's going to be playing a new character uh, in the new uh, stream that I'm starting Wednesday. Um, but we both do virtual reality live and we're getting ready to bring that back, especially with the new system. And I've seen uh, games that uh, programmers and people have converted into VR, like Contra, old school Contra. The guy did that with it in VR and you could actually be in the old school game and play it. It, was, it looked awesome. It was a lot of fun. But um, there's chatter about people making that for 2077. Some guys are making it like it might not be as interactive, like you can't do certain things, but you can at least walk around and see shit going on. And like, I'm excited to, you know, not just play it and get into it and especially past all the new patches and things and updates. But uh, man, if that, that option comes, somebody makes something so I can dive in there with my fucking HTC Vive or, or uh, um, yeah, that would be sick. Exactly. Like that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, yeah, and me and my wife both do that. We're really excited. We want to get into that um, and check it out uh, in VR. Uh, let's see, next question. Let's see, Michael Herard. Herard, hopefully I'm getting that right. Requires uh, two, two, oh, he quotes this out of the Red Book. Requires two cyber eyes, must be paired. Does that mean that on top of having two cyber eyes, obviously, he says in quotes, because he understands that part. Um, such as a piece of cyberware has to be bought twice, cost humanity twice, 
take up slots in the eyes twice and reduces maximum humanity loss twice. Um, yes, yes, that's exactly how it works. When you have to have something paired, you have to buy two of them. It only works if you have both of them in both eyes, you know what I mean? Um, and at that, it's, you know, just like the book says, uh, it might be hard to understand, but I can just simplify and say, yes, it's going to cost you uh, twice, twice the humanity, twice all that shit. You're buying two of them. Um, and that's how that works. Uh, Eric, hey, what's up, man? Uh, let's see, thoughts on Cyberpunk version 3. Was the world not ready for it? Um, I don't know. You know, I never I never got into it. Uh, I mean, I, I know about it. I've read it. I, my friend had it, but uh, he was my friend that got me into 2020 when I was a kid. And uh, we didn't really, I didn't really like it. Yeah, he didn't like it as well. It was, I didn't like some of the aspects of the lore and, and the way it was to where I didn't even give any of the mechanics or anything else a chance. I just kind of stuck with 2020. Um, and then now, obviously, all about red. Um, but yeah, just personal taste for me, you know? Um, did you? Were you? Oh, likewise. Okay, cool. All right, then I'm not pissing you, anybody off, pissing you off by answering your question like that. <laughs> um, let's see, next question. Uh, BK313, Brian. Uh, oh, this is from our Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord. I recognize that username. He says, what got you into metaphysical thinking and philosophy? And where did you find that the underdog statue behind you? Um, all right, cool. Yeah, I um, ever since I was like maybe 10, I want to say somewhere between 10 and 12 years old, me and my friend, the same friend that got me into cyberpunk, actually, um, we got into meditation and, and like uh, um, guided hypnosis for stress relief and all kinds of shit. And we, we had a lot of fun with that. And we would meditate and uh, do like uh, relaxing hypnosis to each other. And we learned about patterning. Uh, you know, vocal patterns and all kinds of interesting things. And I just kept going with that. I got into reading auras and astral projection and big time into lucid dreaming. Uh, still really into that. Um, but just any aspect of metaphysical uh, thinking, philosophy, philosophy, sciences, I'm into it. Uh, I even, uh, when I went to college, I, uh, one of my majors was uh, the science of parapsychology because um, I really enjoyed uh, learning about just the sciences behind all that shit and, and theories and such. But then, like, I, I've gone beyond that, obviously, like, into, like, all kinds of psychic stuff I really enjoy. So, um, but, yeah, started way back in the day. Same friend I got into cyberpunk with. Uh, and it all started with getting into meditation and uh, hypnosis. And as far as the underdog statue, that, that was actually a Christmas gift uh, from my parents a long time ago. It's a bobblehead. It's a really big bobblehead. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love it. I'm a big underdog fan. I have all the original um, episodes. I even have a, a underdog tattoo. I need to get it touched up. It's pretty old and starting to fade and stuff. But you can see um, it's like an underdog, uh, one of the original cartoon sketches of the underdog, and it has, like, spawn flames coming off of it, you know? Um, all right, cool. Let's Let's see this. Let's get to the... Uh, Next question here. Okay, Michael Bilaxic. Bilaxic? Bilaxic. Oh, man, I'm probably butchering your name, and I feel bad, but I'm trying. So, Michael, it says, uh, what's in the box? I like saying it like that. And he says, hey, hey all, I'm, okay, this is from the group. Hey, all, I'm, I'm writing a mission that involves a cargo ship. What cargo would, would a stalled freighter be carrying during the time of red? Uh, this is great. I would love everyone in chat to suggest something. I have my list here. 
So imagine a stalled freighter, you know, a cargo ship or any type of cargo thing. What would they be carrying during the time of red? And it stalls and like the team's getting into it, I imagine, and he's trying to figure it out. My first answer in all caps is anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anything you think of could be there. It's the time of red uh, items and sources or, you know, things are scarce. Uh, so anything you can think of could be in there and any type of tech, uh, cyberware, weapons, obviously food is always an interesting one. Uh, that puts kind of a time pressure because is it, you know, preserved or not? Um, something else interesting, raw supplies, you know, think of like, you know, materials and stuff like that. Textiles, maybe, uh, just raw supplies and you can maybe get some corpse crossing over and getting involved that way as well. You know, um, people. Try human trafficking. I did a go back on, I think it was season two of my team, Nameless Ongoing, that uh, weekly stream. We were doing the gameplay for like eight months. Um, and I did a whole meat market uh, episode and the, the meat was people. They were human trafficking people for different things. Um, fight clubs, slave labor, all kinds of shit. Um, and yeah, that's an interesting one because that can put some morality issues on your players, depending on how you play out those NPCs and the reasoning behind it, what's going on. Um, but again, anything you th anything you think of in the time of red. Um, Eric says uh, cybernetic implants, drones. I like drones. Broken tech from before the war. Exactly old stuff. That's a great great thing to mention. Um, you know, have them have them busted open, and it's like really old tech. You know, and maybe it's worth a lot if they have a tech in the group that can kind of, oh, shit, okay, now I've got this. Now I can fabricate this to work again or fix it or do something, you know. Uh, but grab old shit, you know, refer to your 2020 or even refer to real history, like really old, old history, you know. Put some super old tech in there. Uh, let's get that next question. Uh, this is a rule, okay, from Alex Bailey. Uh, oh, let me backtrack here. PWB says dozens of corpses of trafficked humans along with one uh, one healthy dog. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, let's see. Alex Bailey says, hi, all. This is a rules clarification. Uh, I think this is also from the group. This might be the Discord. It might be the group. Um, but either way, Alex Bailey, I think. Uh, perhaps I have just misread it, but rolling under your stat is only used for death saves or are there other situations you might just use the stat to roll under example would you expect to make a cool save to realize that you have messed something up in a social situation or would you just be a, do a human perception roll do you always roll stat plus skill plus bonus plus 1d10 uh, if so why do you roll skill interface plus bonus plus 1d10 when doing net running with no no stat are there other situations where you excluded the stat um, and most definitely uh, absolutely um, first off let me just address the whole interface thing keep in mind those have their own separate dvs they're much lower and that's for streamlining reasons when you hit the net it's all about that interface number plus your 1d10 versus you know almost everything you're going to encounter any type of dv that's in there or a combat situation against black ice or demon it's all going to involve just that that simple interface uh you know rank ability uh plus your uh any bonuses obviously but plus 1d10 it's just that simple but like i said dvs are lower just everything comparably is lower so it just it's it all makes sense so don't worry about that <laughs> 
But um, but over to the the stat thing, yeah, there's lots of situations you can roll on all your stats for different uh, things, you know. Um, and and it works in other rollabilities too. Like look at credibility, look at charismatic impact, you know, look at, with lower DVs to kind of influence fan bases and stuff. And it it's just pretty much using your uh, your rollability, but. Um, but stat checks all the time, you know, you can do cool checks to see, you know, how cool it looks. Maybe it's just to, just to literally be cool. Like sometimes I'll have a player do a cool check if they're describing a certain move, even if they did it successful, right? Like they're going to attack somebody in a cool way, or they're going to go grab something or throw something, whatever. And they describe it in such a way that makes them badass as they're entering a room or something. I don't know. Um, I'll have them obviously do whatever action role or skill check that's needed for that. And, uh, if they beat it, then I'll have them do a cool check, uh, which is just that D10 trying to hit that cool stat or lower to make sure that how they described it came off just as cool as they described it. Um, but you can do that with any stat. You can do it with intelligence. I did that where um, the players got uh, an address to go to a ripper doc uh, to go get some shit done, and I had them do an intelligence check uh, just to see if any of them might have remembered that that address was actually to the same ripper doc they went to long ago from a uh, uh, night market uh, fixer uh, sent them to or whatever because when you go to a night market and you get cyberware and uh, you buy stuff you automatically can go get it installed at their ripper dock that the fixer has hooked up for that night market or whatever Uh, so I did an intelligence check to see if they would recognize that because they wanted to try to avoid that fixer and maybe avoid that ripper dock or at least be prepared for a sticky situation Um, but you can also do luck checks you know like if uh, players are looking for things or uh, you know, trying like maybe uh, a scavenging, for instance, and they're going somewhere to try to find a certain item, and they're like, "Oh, is this in the room?" Or looking for it. Maybe it's not just a simple conceal, reveal, or a perception check. Maybe you do a luck check, um, just to see if they're lucky enough that that item is even in the room. You know what I mean? Um, and and you can do stuff like that on the side. You know, uh, GM behind, uh, you know, behind the the GM screen. You know, you can do stuff like that um, just to kind of gauge NPCs or items and actions happening. I do a similar thing with my positive negative role. You can kind of learn about that on the GM tips series on the cyberpunk uncensored YouTube. Um, let's see, let's get to the next question. James 23 says best way to improve your GM skills question mark. Um, play, man, you got it. Uh, I think we were talking about that at a previous AMA or sometimes somebody was, saying how they were nervous to play and when do you know you're right they're reading the book but they're not sure it's like fuck man just like read the book feel good about the rules and then just dive in play with some friends or find people online um nothing's ever going to be perfect you know every good gm i don't care if you've been playing for years or days you've read the book for months or weeks or hours whatever um you're going to forget some rule or fumble up something or get some you know oh should i did that wrong you'll figure it out and then you'll you'll get better as you go but that's the idea is you it's practice you know you got to do more of it um and then hone in on those skills you know reread the books watch my crash course tutorial series uh you know to refresh all the rules and stuff because it's not just practice that makes perfect it's perfect practice that makes perfect you have to practice it well and in the proper way to make that practice actually worth you know worth it or whatever so um so yeah that that's one way is just get into it you know um, the other thing too is uh, we have a bunch of free assets on the cyberpunkuncensored.com website. Um, but aside from all those free assets, which are great to use, you and your players, uh, look up the GM report card. 
I created this GM report card. There's also uh, in the GM Tips video series, you'll see that episode. Um, and there's a link in that description. Uh, check that out because um, that'll help you, man. At, at the end of every big campaign, maybe not the end of every session, but the end of every big campaign, you give out that GM report card to your players, pick a player that they all give it to, he emails it, he or she emails it to you, and uh, uh, you know that way they're anonymous or whatever, but it's just, it's it's real soft feedback, but it's in detail. There's a lot to it, so you can really um, hone in on your craft and become a better GM, um, but the approach is very soft. I kind of laid it out and did the questions and answers. You, you'll see if you go check it out in such a way that um, you know it's even easy for for the the most thin of skin, I guess you could say. Let's see here. Oh, PWB, uh, a container back on uh, another more things that you might find in a container during Cyberpunk Red. Uh, shipping cargo container or something maybe broke down, but he says a, a container with two stolen high-end cars or trucks for the nomads in the group. Oh, that's a great idea. You know, and yeah, uh, maybe, maybe you want to reward your players and hook them up with something really cool, not just a, a side arc or a potential lead on a story or something that could lead to conflict, but there's something to where it's like, man, it's what a great reward, and it could still lead to some repercussions if they take them. Maybe there's some type of tracking device on them. Maybe there's nomads nearby watching. Maybe it's bait for something. You know, a corp is trying to do something. I don't know. Get creative, but... uh. Yeah, that's that, that sounds fun. High-end cars or trucks. Um, let's see, Chris Peterson. What's your favorite exercises? Okay, cool. A training question. Um, I like that. The uh, my I I do a lot of uh, physical therapy research stuff. I've been into it for a long time, and um, my favorite exercises are probably the ones that are like preventative. Uh, towards you know the typical injuries like uh, your rotator cuff stuff like I'll, I'll do the side band and side lifts you know with where I can't explain unless I get up and kind of show you but you know I'll, I'll do the pullbacks for the, the rear delt stuff I, I do uh, you know stuff like stretch curls like on an incline and grab the, the dumbbells and put them on a stretch and, and uh, you know curl them up so I'll, I'll, I'll do stuff to where um, I'll maximize, uh, resistance in certain ways. Like I really like to focus on negatives and drop sets. Um, but then lots of, uh, like injury, uh, prevention sort of exercises. I'm really into that stuff because I used to have a shoulder injury, uh, lower back problems. So like lots of morning glories and, uh, just certain exercises that fix issues. And they're not always the most fun exercises. Like I hate all those, you know, they're, they're not cool. They're not benching and curling, you know, to where it's just, you know, look at me. It's, it's like strength stuff, you know what I mean? And, uh, flexibility stuff. And, um, I'm really into that sort of, that, that sort of thing. Cause I, I want to be, you know, as strong and flexible and as healthy as possible. I'm not just trying to, you know, be big bulky or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, say Zach, AKA capricious nature. What's up? Hell yeah. Um, Zach is, the one leading up the uh, the Scream Sheet project that uh, him and PWB and some some others Morrison and uh, uh, Bob uh, I think a bunch of other people helping out with that and people that have contributed you can see everything but uh, he's the one that's that's kind of helping that uh, keep that train moving forward here what pulled oh, okay what pulled I get it what what pulled me into Cyberpunk Red content creation like making videos like this and stuff. Um, and what's driving you into your future plans? Well, it's just a passion for cyberpunk. If you can't tell, I fucking love cyberpunk. Um, I was into 2020, but when Red 
you know, started hyping. And then even the video game, I wasn't even as hyped with that. I was like, oh, cool. You know, I'll check it out. Definitely. You know, love Cyberpunk. Holy shit. Wait, Red? What? Like, because I'm really into the complete imagination, open world, tabletop role-playing game aspect of Cyberpunk. More than the video game. Still love the idea of it. And I'm going to, like I said, dive into that, uh, like I was talking about earlier. But mainly it's just my passion for Cyberpunk. I fucking love it. I love the style of the world building, uh, the lore. I'm creating my own uh, lore and things to just drop into this crazy environment. Um, I just love it, if you can't tell. Like I said, you know, I'm kicking out the uh, the Crash Course tutorials, the interviews, the podcast, the, the live gameplay I've been doing for so long, multiple teams. I'm hosting other GMs, live art. I'm going over to Sirenscape to do their weekly. Um, all the series, the deep dive, the GM roundtable, Night City Live. I mean, I think we're almost up to like 200 videos on YouTube. I'm almost up to like 100 podcast episodes on all the podcast platforms. It's on like 26 different sites or something. Um, and it's charting pretty well. I'm, I'm always in like 100 or, or higher. Like I'm always like around the 40s and 50s in like multiple countries every time I check. Um, and I think it's because of constantly putting out content. You know, it's just a, a reliable source for there's always new cyberpunk shit. You know what I mean? Um, I like that. It's a reliable source for always new cyberpunk shit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's I got into it because I'm just passionate about it. I love it, and I hope it shows. Um, what con- uh, PWB says, what content of Red do you hope is better explained in upcoming books? Um, I'm really looking forward to just more Chromebooks, like just more flavor, just more weapons, cybernetics, more programs and shit for net running. Uh, more gangs, maybe locations of them, a little bit of lore on that. I'm, I'm excited about Chrome Rust, which is supposed to be more about nomads and how they source and transport things. I think that's really cool. Um, hey, Val, my beautiful wife just made it to chat. I made it 30 minutes late at work. Hello, everyone, she says. Um, yeah, and you're at work. I know we were dealing with a lot of work shit. I even mentioned that at the beginning of the stream. I was like, man, I'm excited to do this stream because today was a little bit stressful. Uh, because I know my wife was dealing with work shit and I was trying to help, but, um, but yeah, vamp, vampire, what's up? You say Sammy over in the discord asks, I'm watching your stream, but it won't let me chat with the app. Do you feel like red takes away some of the characteristics or looks for what a character can look at? For instance, I wanted to make a techie where overalls but there wasn't really an option for that but my friend suggested wearing nomad bottoms and answer calling them that yeah yeah exactly here's the thing um these are guidelines and they're all kind of just categorized categorized kind of or um you know it's to put things in price brackets and general like style brackets or um and it's not just clothing. I'm trying to think of the word here, but they, they do it with everything. You see how the economy works and it's like, you know, cheap and every day and expensive and premium. They do it like that. So across the board, um, you see where it fits and works into other aspects of the mechanics, obviously, but also so you can create your own. You can kind of think of the equivalent to fit within the bracket of price and then you kind of know how it fits in with the other aspects of the mechanics of the book. And Obviously, in Life Path, I tell my own players in in the upcoming one, me and my wife were just talking about this yesterday, uh, me and Val, Mulligan right there in chat, uh, we were talking about how in the Life Path, it, it, you know, there's not enough options when it talks about personality or it talks about the clothing, uh, the hairstyles is a great example, you know? Um, and sometimes you don't want to roll, just roll it 
um, sometimes you want to pick that those particulars. You know, I'm all for like rolling family and all those things, but I, I personally I kind of think that you should you know want to pick how you look and stuff if that's what you prefer because I don't want to make someone not happy. But I do think that there is some fun to being out of your comfort zone as well and rolling some of those things. I mean, like, all right, I guess I'm going to have a mohawk or all right, I guess I'm going to do this or, you know, I guess I'm wearing that. Like, let's 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 give it a shot and see how how I can play this out. There's some fun to that, too. Um, I think in in the long term game, like if you want like a character you can invest in and really play long term, you're going to want to pick personality because you know how you're going to role play it. And that's going to come into the personality it has, you know, it your character has, you know, Uh, but I but I think. You know, things like that, if, if the book doesn't have it there, uh, you know, do you feel like red takes away some of the characteristics or looks of what a character can look at? Um, I don't think it takes away because it's not like you had even more of, of those particular options or whatever in 2020 or whatever, or like drastically more. Um, but like I said, red is new. There's going to be more coming. I do feel like uh, it, we could use a little more spice and flavor to to you know, uh, enhance our gameplay and it's coming. It'll be coming from RTGM. I'm sure we're going to get all these supplements and things over time, but make it your own. You want overalls? Call them overalls. Just make them price equivalent, you know, make them the equivalent of those nomad bottoms or whatever, you know, but they're overalls. So any style you, you can do it. Um, Hey, what's up, Rook? Made it to chat. Uh, Rook's, uh, I believe this is Rook who I gave a shout out earlier as a, a Patreon supporter and an upcoming player. Uh, going to be playing uh, this coming Wednesday as our session zero. Um, yep, that's me. I was hoping I had it right. Rook made sense because it was your it's your name in the Discord too. So, uh, LOL. Imagine picking an exec and rolling for bag lady fashion. Exactly. Doesn't always work, you know. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Uh, make sure I don't miss any other question. Okay. Oh yeah, and he said, "What's driving you into your future plans, Zach?" Um, my passion for cyberpunk, man, I, I fucking love cyberpunk and that's, what's pushing me to my future plans aside from the fact that I get support. You know, I, I, I do it because I love it and I've said that since day one and I will always do that. But the fact that I went to like creating content almost daily and hosting other gyms and making more gameplay and going to go work with Sirenscape and, and, you know, exponentially doing more is because I started getting support back. Um, you know, people started liking and sharing the videos. I actually got supporters on Patreon. You know, I have people that actually donate money once in a while. They'll pay for a subscription on Twitch. That's the shit that like keeps me going. That's what's driving my future plans into more and more content, gameplay, opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm expanding the brand too. You know, you see me promoting other GMs, artists, all kinds of stuff, other series um, that other people are hosting that I'm not even uh, doing. I'm just producing and promoting. Um, I'm the reason I'm trying to make this brand big and wide. Um, that way it can become maybe something bigger. I have some uh, friends and partners because of my involvement in the film industry and I'm working on a couple things. I don't want to get too much into it, but I am working on, on a couple things. Um, and this brand you know, might, might be a little bit bigger than, than expected here, uh, later this year, possibly. Uh, let's see. Got a couple other questions here, but they're a little off, a little off subject. They're fun. I'll get into them, but let's just check the chat. PWB, I'm getting the feeling the red core rule book is intended to be only the skeleton and the books to come will flesh out the game with the details everyone is screaming for. Exactly. And, and it's funny to even call it a skeleton. It's a 400 and whatever, 
page book. I mean, it's a it's a fucking beast. It, it it's no uh, skeleton like in the literal sense, or I guess in in the the size sense or amount of content. But my God, it is so much content and so much stuff that they're putting in there. But yeah, there's going to be more to expand it because like look at you know if you look at uh, here's my here's my 2020 book. Uh, first, first printing, first uh, printing of the second edition or whatever. But uh, I've got the first one and the other, and this is second edition. But this, uh, you know, look at this with the with just the Night City uh, supplement compared to what Red has. Um, you know, let's give it time. You know, 2020 came out. It was thick with the crunch. Um, had some great lore. But it was all those Chromebooks and the Night City supplement and all the other things, all the modules, just everything that made it, I mean, huge. You know, it made the Cyberpunk huge. It made 2020 huge. Red is just getting going. That that book, I I, I do get what you're saying. I, I do, and I agree. I think that's probably the skeleton of what's to come. But there's going to be more. And it's gonna it's gonna get better. And until then, you know, check out all the live play that we're doing and things we're creating. Go to cyberpunkuncensored.com and check out all the awesome free assets and things you can use. Uh, and, and contribute to the screen sheets, stories and, and modules and, and such, so other GMs and people can can use them. Uh, and then the, as RTG starts putting out stuff, make sure you go and buy it and support it and promote it. Um, that way they make us more good shit, you know what I mean? Uh, let's see, Eric says, ever run an off-the-wall campaign where the team is like a trauma team group or a group behind enemy lines during the fourth corporate war? Anything you really liked? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it me and you talking about that in chat? I, I like that idea. Um, somebody else, I think, was talking about that. And it reminds me of GM Zeppi that we're hosting. Uh, he has a game that he's kind of putting in the year 2078 because he wanted to grab the red rules and the streamline aspect and play off those mechanics, but pull shit from the video game and the world from that after the video game time, 2077, actually. So that's why his is red slash 2078. Uh, if you see him on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube, we are we put all his uh, VODs up there, um, and check that out. He does you know something similar, but in the other direction, you know. But I like that idea. Yeah, do something off the wall. Put it in a a time frame. Give them a particular job. Put them in a situation that is, you know, I guess world building. Like it's not necessarily campaign because you're placing them in that world at that moment. You know, um, I do something similar. You're gonna see in my my upcoming uh, camp campaigns and teams that I'm doing the one this Wednesday. Don't forget 4 p.m. Pacific Standard, that's the Cyberpunk Uncensored official new Team 1 uh, that's going to be running every month. Uh, we might bump that up a little more once in a while, but it's for right now it's once a month. Um, and then I've got a weekly I'm starting over on the Sirenscape Twitch. Um, it's going to be every Thursday. And uh, and yeah, both of those teams I'm doing something unique. Uh, you have to tune into the Session Zeros to kind of hear what I have planned. Um, but it's not just like... You know, here's a team. You all kind of know each other. Let's get some gigs or jobs. You guys are all mercenaries. I'm trying to do something a little more particular, a little specific, a little, um, on my part, contrived story-wise. Um, and that way I can kind of lead plots and campaigns from that central point, at least initially. Obviously, it's an open world. Anything can happen. I love playing it real like that, you know, as anyone who watches my gameplay has seen. But where I'm starting it is very similar. It's interesting like that. So tune in and check that shit out. Um Interface Vampire says Interface Magazine needs to make a, a comeback. Hell yeah, man. And uh, Chris Hockabout, actually, who uh, you should know from, you know, uh, starting up Interface Magazine and shit. He's the artist that did all the 2020 
uh, art. He did the, you know, the Bozo's image. He did the, uh, the four horsemen in the uh, open part here. Oh, shit, the pages are kind of like coming out. This is so old, but, <laughs> you know, he did this, the, what he calls the four horsemen, you know, the roles there. Uh, but, yeah, I've done interviews with him on the podcast. You can see him on the VOD on the YouTube. He's getting ready to do live art, uh, just like our other artist, uh, uh, Drake Mir, who's actually streaming tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard right here. So if you want to see some live art, check that out. But Chris Hockabout um, from Interface Magazine and the original artwork of 2020 is going to be starting up some live art right here uh, soon. I'm waiting for him to uh, hit me with the date. But Vampire, look out for that. You know, Give him some love. Go to his live stream when he's here and let him know um, that you liked what he did uh, with Interface Magazine and shit. And yeah, Eric Eric backs that up. Says, hell yeah, interface red mag. Yep, that'd be awesome. Um, bring it to red. Uh, next question here. Oh, um, what's your favorite comic books? Um, this is... Yeah, it's kind of random. Um, yeah, I know. And James Hendelson. Hendelson. I think this is a Facebook um, I think that was from the group. That might have been the, one of the messages, but I want to say these two previous I'm going to get to are from the message. But either way, hey, uh, yeah, what's your favorite comic books? Obviously, I have a lot, thousands. Um, the whole bottom level, actually, that you can't really see on camera are magazine size uh, crates because I, ha- I have like every Mad Magazine that was ever uh, printed, uh, including like back when they were comic book size. I have a bunch of those too. I'm just lacking like number one through five, I think. Um, but from there up, I have them like all of them in order, uh, with the exception, I don't have the new series. I know they came out with the whole new series in the past year or whatever. I didn't, I didn't get into that and I wish I did. Um, but yeah, I have all that's passion. I love mad. Um, but, uh, out of all the comics, I have like every walking dead, every spawn, even all the side spawn ones. Um, I have every goon I have, um, and then obviously everything Marvel and I, I mean, my God, just so much shit. And then I've got like random, random shit. Like, let's see, like Mondo and, you know, I got a bunch of Ted McKeevers. But, um, I'll get that in properly later. Now I've messed it up. But, uh, and then I've got my own, I've got, um, the Mulligan comic. I had a distribution deal for my Mulligan comic. Um, I think you can still find that on Amazon through the, the original publisher, but we had a diamond deal. Um, but it didn't really blow up that great because of the fact that uh, we didn't have a lot of money for marketing. And you can't get shelf space in comic book shops uh, properly to make an impact competing with DC and Marvel and shit. Um, or even Image and other other mediums because I was on Grindhouse um, Comics. but And then I did some self-publishing. I did uh, Bacon vs. Clowns. Um, and this we're actually getting ready to turn into a film. Um, and it's like, you know, it's full color. It's It's got a lot of crazy shit. It's like... All these, all these bacon people fu- basically fighting. The clowns invade them, and then the clowns are just fucking them up. <laughs> and then, aside from like the dialogue and what it is, like there's this ongoing narrative that I wrote. So, like, there's this rhyming narrative that almost gives it like a nightmare before Christmas meets um, Dr. Seuss vibe going on, um, mixed with the dialogue. So it's kind of adult humor. It's kind of fucked up, but, um, but we'll be making a film out of that here soon. Just a real low budget thing. If you've seen my, my first film, Stank Mouth, it's going to be similar to that quality, like good grit, blood and gore, and just really outrageous. But, um, 
definitely a B movie. We're, we're not, we don't have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars into this one. So it's going to be kind of fun. <clears throat> Just a passion project. But, um, oh, I see Vampire. Got to, got to get going. Uh, I need some creds before the ATM location close. <laughs> I'll check the, I'll check you next time, Rob, and catch up on the VOD later. I appreciate that, Vampire. Yeah, man, you, you know, every time that I do these live streams, anything we kick out live, we put the VOD on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube, usually within just, you know, a few days or a handful of days. Um, Rook says, passion project films are great, though, and a lot of fun to work on. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I was just helping my buddy James do a couple. Uh, he's got some great distribution hookups, too. Um, so a lot of his passion projects that maybe you see me working on that I promote online, like that Alien Danger one, uh, where I got Tommy Chong into it, um, his Hollywood Werewolf, where I got uh, Andy Dick into it. Um, you know, those come across very much like that, but he's got some great distribution on it that makes it pretty cool, makes it worth it. Um, in fact, I've got two options. Do you want to hear just a random film story or a random music story? Because uh, I was a touring musician, I'm also a filmmaker, so I have an interesting story about that comes from filmmaking, um, and then I have an interesting story that comes from touring. Something about Andy Dick, just to give you an idea how crazy, and then something about uh, the punk rock band Rancid. Got a story on that. And any other questions? Anybody has a question about, you know, GM tips, Cyberpunk Red, any of that? Feel free, drop it in the chat. I'll answer it. Uh, definitely the film story says Rook. Um, anybody else want to vote on that? All right, I'll just get into that. But uh, yeah, so Andy Dick is—he's—he's uh, he's clean now. He's doing well. If you see, okay, cool. Other people are saying film story. Hey, Anino, what's up, man? Um, so yeah, Andy Dick is clean now. If you check him out, he, a lot of his live stuff. The thing I posted recently too. Um, you know, he's doing well. He's coherent when i talk to him on the phone he's just he's more there in fact when i talked to him after the new year which is when he kind of started cleaning up um i got him on the phone and i was kind of yelling at him and i just i usually bulldoze him when i get with him um in a sense because he does otherwise he won't listen he'll just talk over he'll get sporadic i'll start talking to people in the room then he'll be back i'm like he's just as crazy as you would think so normally i have to be like listen blah 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 we're doing this no no listen listen and i'll just i'll like i'll bulldoze him i'll get all the information to him i'll book whatever we'll have to plans whatever we'll make it happen you know but i usually have to be real forceful with that shit um hey what's up smoking evening chat evening rob hope everyone is okay thanks for joining man uh smoking kills in the chat um but yeah so when i first hit him up after new year's he's like rob you're you're yelling at me i can't even get a word and that this isn't how conversations work and i was like yeah man i'll uh i'm this but this, this is how it works with you sometimes <laughs> like i pretty much just told him and he's like well, fuck, you know, I'm sober now, and I'm trying to listen, I'm paying it, like, and he straight up told me, and I, and I got it, and, and it's cool now, but my point there is, now he's sober, it's all good, but back when he wasn't sober, um, there was a time I, I brought him onto a, a set, and I don't want to say which film or whatever, but he was there, some of you might have caught the live stream, because I usually stream when I go filmmaking, it's usually on my personal Facebook or, or Instagram, um, but, which on Instagram, it's GM Rob Mulligan on Facebook. It's like R Mulligan number three, I, th I think. Uh, but whatever, just look me up. Um, but I live streamed that shit. You might have seen it, but I don't want to mention it now. But we're in the middle of filming. I'm producing this thing. I'm the one who got Andy into it. I'm also first AD and shit. I'm trying to keep the schedule going. And Andy is being crazy. He's going to the other room and doing drugs. And he's 
drinking and then he, we had to stop because he needed to order food. Then he had no appetite because he's doing fucking coke and shit. You know, it's crazy. This is back, you know, when he's crazy and um, which happens often. <laughs> but he uh, and I'm not into any of that. You know, like I, I fucking drink water and like I exercise daily and like, I don't know. I mean, I don't care what people do. You know, I have a past and shit and everybody can do whatever they want. I believe in, you know, total free will and, and um, anti-prohibition. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um but man, I'm, I'm there to work and I'm there to hustle and he's just fucking up the set. He's, he's turning in what normally would be like a one to two hour shoot into literally a 12 hour set day. I'm not even kidding either. Like one to two hours turned into like, I think when we left, it was like nine hours. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I could, and like my buddy uh, who was directing and stuff, was like, he, he ended, it's his project, I'm producing, um, not financially, I was, uh, you know, making things happen for him, but uh, he, had to, he had to buy food and put money into it because of it taking nine hours and doing what we were doing and trying to make Andy happy. And at one point, we're filming, and I guess he loses his Coke, and he's like, he's like, oh, shit, somebody stole my Coke. No more filming. Everyone get the fuck out of my place. And we're like, wait, what? Nobody stole your shit, dude. What are you talking about? And he was, like, pissed. And, like, I had to talk to him. Uh, his, his buddy that was there that we also got in the film talked to him. And then we convinced them, you know, nobody stole your shit. You had to have lost it. So now everyone in crew cast, everyone is searching. We're filming at his place, by the way. So now everyone's searching his loft, which is downtown LA, searching his whole place looking for this shit. Uh, eventually I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did anybody check the leather jacket he was wearing in the last scene? And he checks that shit and pulls it out and he's like, oh! and there's this bag of Coke and he looks, everyone looks at him. This is after holding up production for like an hour searching this place. And he holds it and he's like, who wants to make a film? <laughs> and he's like all happy and <laughs> laughing and just back in, back into happy Andy. And I'm just like, oh my God, dude, like dude is crazy. But he is a comedian genius. Like there's Val saying Andy Dick. Val has a bunch of great stories on Andy Dick. If we should get her on a live AMA one time uh, to talk about not only her, her trip to Amsterdam and getting on stage, uh, during one of the sex shows and dancing and, and getting kind of crazy. I don't want to give away too much, but uh, she's got lots of crazy Andy Dick stories too. Uh, Andy Andy really liked Val. Every time we would run into him, he'd be all over her. And he's I mean, well, he'd be on me too back in the day. But you know, um, smoking. Uh, right, be right back. Need to Google this man. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know who Andy Dick is, man, Google him, man. He's but he's a com oh man, he's a comic genius. Uh, you know, I had him in my puppet show. I have a cannabis themed puppet show with Tommy Chong and Andy Dick. Uh, yeah, he's a legend, Rook says. Yeah, exactly. Um, and when I had him out uh, for the puppet show, I had to yell at him at one point because he was like talking to other cast and people. And I had the studio for only a certain amount of time. I was paying for it. We had the puppets, everything I was doing. And I was running one of the puppets and doing what I was doing. But then I like yell at him like, Andy, fucking focus. And he's like, well, you're yelling at me. And I was like, yeah, to get you to focus, man. I'm trying, I'm the director and I'm trying to get you to do this. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. And then he just like snapped into it and he was kicking ass, but like he's hard to work with. But then when he gets into it, he'll like be laser focused on the comedy, the scene, the lines, he'll pull it off and then he'll improv stuff. That's just amazing. He is so fucking funny and he is just a genius when it comes to comedy and improv. Oh my God, improv comedy. He is just one of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, and I'm so glad he's sober now because when he's sober, he's just as fucking funny, 
but even more manageable because he's not outrageous and you know what I mean like it gets uncomfortable sometimes when it, when he's old school Andy Dick man like it's hard to be around him like he's like grabbing dicks and doing crazy shit and I'm not even lying like he's punching people he punched the effects guy in the side of the head and like he does crazy shit um, I could really I could go on for hours about that but let's bring it back I see uh, Revolver Gray, another cyberpunk question. Hell yeah, let's bring it back to cyberpunk champ. I just wanted to always drop like a crazy story in every AMA, um, and somebody was asking me about film and music stuff, so I, I figured I'd let people pick. Next time, I'll tell you that that crazy music rancid story uh, when I was on the Warp Tour and what I saw those those fucking guys do. Um, but yeah, cyberpunk jam question: What extraordinary or surprising thing has a player done that you rewarded extra IP for? If that hasn't happened yet, what kind of thing would? Mm. Um, I've re- I've gone to, to the max eight, uh, IP on red um, with I think both of my teams at one point. I think Team Nameless got it after a session. I think my my monthly ongoing that I do with uh, Steve from Sirenscape and Terabella Pondsmith and Roten and. Uh, um, uh, GM Jack is on that team too. Uh, we'll be bringing that back here soon. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I gave them both max. I can't remember which session it was, but I remember like all of them did some amazing shit. Like they all kind of did something towards their role and role playing at one point. Like, you know, I love it when players don't just do something, um, you know, unique or whatever, like to their player but they role play it well too. Like they'll do, they'll say something witty, something really clever. They'll pull something from the lore or some like underlining plot thing that I have placed that I'm not sure if they're picking up on, and they'll like totally like drop a bomb towards me. Like oh shit, they're seeing this, they're getting this, or I don't know. I love shit like that. And then like I said, role playing it out um, is so Im- important. Like it makes it so much fun. Um, let's see, uh, yeah, I know uh, him. Obviously, don't know him. Yeah, you're talking about Andy Dick. Yeah. Uh, have I? Yeah, we met Tom Green too. Uh, me and Val met Tom Green. I, Tom Green yelled at me on stage. I don't know if Val's still in the chat. You remember how embarrassing that shit was? Um, and then afterwards, I like I confronted him. I was like, "Look, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't fucking filming you, dude." He was like, "He's like, no, no, no that was just joking. I was just doing that part of the show." Uh, Val, you remember that? He was like all apologetic and like super nice after that. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Val remembers. Oh, that was so embarrassing. He was like yelling at me from the stage, thinking I was filming him. Uh, Anyways, I'll tell that story a different time. Let's see. Um, but yeah, Tom Green's awesome. He's funny as fuck. Yeah, and he's friends with Andy Dick, too. Uh, Smoking Kill says, was going to ask first time. First time I saw you, I genuinely thought you were part of Mudvayne. Turns out I was wrong. That's funny. Uh, I opened up for Mudvayne, though. We were just talking about, uh, I posted this thing about uh, name your name your uh, mem- best memories of me or whatever, right? To Facebook and somebody. Oh, yeah, Val says, smoked with him. Yeah, and we smoked with... Uh, uh, Brody Stevens before he died too. That's that's who was opening up that night. Remember Val? We met. We we chilled with Brody Stevens all night. Um, that's his name, right? The guy who fucking hung himself, man. Rest in peace, uh, Brody. Super funny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. shit's making me teary eyed. Um. But yeah, we uh, I was doing Earth Day. Somebody was like, "Oh, I remember seeing you Earth Day birthday or something like that." And uh, I we were, I was we went on after Skindred and before Mudvayne, and that was my first time seeing uh, Mudvayne. I gotta stop thinking about Brody. Um, and he was badass. Uh, the singer, he was like punching himself in the head before going on stage and and 
putting fake blood on him and shit. And this was like some uh, festival. It was awesome. Uh, and that, that was my experience with Mudvayne. I really liked those guys and that singer's passion towards music. Um, but yeah, another, uh, don't apologize. I'm just, I'm an emotional guy. I, I cry over fucking commercials and shit, dude. <laughs> Um, yeah, any other GM questions? Um, I think I hit everything in the double check. Yeah, favorite comic books, class, uh, stat roll checks. Yep, covered that. Cargo ships. Oh, yeah, anybody else new to the chat? Uh, somebody was asking earlier what you might find in a, car, uh, a cargo ship or a shipping container uh, found in red, abandoned, or somewhere. Um, we went over a bunch of ideas there, but anybody new to the chat that wasn't there for the, for the earlier part of that conversation, you think of anything interesting? Put it there in the chat. I'll shout it out that way when he checks out the VOD because I don't think he's here for the live. You can get all these answers. And anybody watching the VOD, uh, feel free to comment on YouTube. Uh, I, I regularly check the comments like every day. I reply to people and I love um, the interaction you know, live and in VOD. Let's see. See, sorry, though, thought, thought was just me. Uh, so top three classes in 2020 are red, your picks. Well, I, you know, top three is hard for me um, because I just have an ultimate, you know? Like, I really fucking love the Fixer. I always have. I liked Fixer back in 2020. I like Fixer now. When I started, obviously, as a kid in 2020, I was a solo like most, you know, like you're just like, I want to be the badass. But then as I got into it, I was like, I really liked the role playing aspect and networking aspect of the fixer. Just being able to like source items like in red, um, like being able to get items, eventually setting up your own night market, just the connections being like, oh, you know, do I know someone in this part of town? And like, Jim, yeah, you, you would know somebody on this level. Okay, cool. And like, then you, you role play it out. And like, there's a lot of role play potential with a fixer. But in red, I will see the, say the power uh, behind the media, and then the minion aspect that I love about the exec have me excited about those two roles as well. But Fixer is still my ultimate favorite. Uh, let's see here. Two Cyberize parody. Yeah, we answered that about pairing things. And yes, you have to you have to buy both. Uh, Curtis had the question about the complementary skill. Yep, we covered everything. I covered everything that was sent in. Um, so that's great. I'm going to just double check chat and make sure, you know, anybody else has any other questions or things you want to go over. I've got more time. Let's chat some more. But if not, no biggie. We'll, we'll, we'll end it. Oh, I see PWB. Do you prefer to play or GM and why? I like both equally. Um, but I do lean more towards GM, um, not not just out of like necessity, like a lot of people, they, they GM because like no one in their group wants to, you know what I mean? Uh, for me, I, I enjoy that just as much as I like playing. And if anything, I lean more towards that just because the more I can create, I have a really fun time setting up campaigns and plots and making them have multiple layers and potential side arcs. And I just love depth and I love twists and cliffhangers. If you can't tell uh, by my like monthly ongoing, my uh, weekly, all you know, the more recent streams and stuff. I just, I, I love that side of it. Um, but I do enjoy playing and I really, I, I've been talking to other streaming uh, GMs too about, hey, let me come and play. Like I've done before, I went and played with Wandering DM. Um, but I'd love to play uh, with other streamers sometime. 
um, as well as just make a, a little cameo as an NPC. I think that would be fun too. Um, I told uh, some GMs out there before, hit me up. Uh, if you stream or you do something and you need a little video made uh, like in character as an NPC, tell me what's up. Um, I could totally lay that out, kind of be the one driving the mission for your players and just add another element. Um, could even join live and, and give a little interaction and, and you know have, have the character, the NPC be dynamic, uh, something that the GM won't have to control. Um, so I, I enjoy both sides, playing and GMing. But uh, but like I said, I lean a little more towards GMing. Yeah, and smoking kills as far as the roles. Uh, when I was talking about my favorites, you said you love the minions on the exec uh, media. I feel can be amazing if the GM takes time to plan just for the media. Well, not even that, but I think if the if the media plays the role uh, right, anyways, you know, like a, a GM, any session, you know, any campaign, there's going to be some type of plot, some type of thing going on. Everyone's going to be in, you know, some some way or another, hopefully, invested in wanting to figure it out, solve it, uh, stop that, do whatever, you know, whatever the the mission is or whatever it is, right? But uh, if a media is playing it right, they're going to hone in on like potential evidence or things to break us the story of that or whatever it might be. And then if they have the right evidence and they break it big enough and like they get to the right rank and they get that right percentage and they roll well enough that it's the believability, you know, their, their credibility of that story or whatever, um, it can be powerful. You can really like take down a corporation. You can really blacklist an, another exec or team or fuck up a, a a gang with another gang, you can, you know, and if you play it a little crooked, you might even be able to fuck some people up with some false news, you know, some fake news, you know how powerful that shit is, look at, look at our real life, you know, think about how it could be in cyberpunk, the level of that shit, um, but yeah, media has all that potential, um, I think it was James Hutt from our Talsorian Games, I think it was him, it might have been Jay Gray, one of them, I think it was James though, we were doing a, a live stream, one of my many that I've done with them, it, I don't want to say it was the GM round table. It was like a GM tips episode or something. Oh, it might've been the media breakdown. He might've joined me for that. Um, and he talks about, it. he's like, man, that role is powerful. It's like, you know, the rest of them can like, you know, win the battle, but the media can fucking win the war. You know, like you're going to have these sessions where you got to get shit done and get what you want, but it's, it's that end result, that end evidence that then the media can take and blow up and c- combine with this session's evidence and and really think about the long term and the the bigger plan the bigger picture um they 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 can really hone in on on the long game you know um and it can be very powerful and it was james himself said it can be very game breaking if a person plays a media uh well so just think of that let's see any ideas for original character concepts playing something other than edgelord yeah, well, I think, you know, taking any role and putting a twist on it, like making it really young, really old, really strong, really weak, you know. Um, I was talking to Brandon from Realmsmith, who's going to be one of one of the players. I'll give that one away. One of the players in the uh, Sirenscape Weekly ongoing that I'm starting up next next week. Um, that'll be on Thursdays. Uh, he was talking about how he made a player, uh, a character uh, that was blind. I think that's awesome, you know, and I've been, I don't want to give it away, but I've been working with Valerie, my beautiful wife, who's going to be playing a character uh, in the, the upcoming uh, ongoing for Cyberpunk Uncensored. You'll see it this, this Wednesday is our session zero. Tune in in just two days, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard. Um, we're working on a little court, little issue with her character to make it unique, but I'm a big fan of that, you know, take some type of characteristic or thing and make it extreme. Give them something. You know, uh, even even give them a disability or something that you can play off of. And with cyberpunk, any you know, you can really get into that. And and I don't want to give too much away, but you get my point. Um, I am a fan of that. 
and I think it, it makes characters interesting. It gives them depth. Uh, oh, I have a question. You did one crossover with John and nothing since. Is there a reason behind that? Yeah, he never, uh, you know, I, I invited him and did things, um, but, you know, he never reciprocated. Uh, and, you know, I just, I, I don't like that. I, I, I basically promote other GMs and all these uh, shows and things and, you know, I'll have people on. But if we don't start playing and things, you know, I don't, I don't want to force it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to force anybody to be my, be my friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'd rather just focus on promoting cyberpunk. I love coming up with all these new series and meeting all kinds of uh, people. Um, if I, if I stick with the few people I meet along the way, I'm never going to meet new people. So I love to kind of vary it up and, and cycle in new GMs. Look at the GM round table. Um, look at, uh, some of the gameplay stuff. Um, that we do with appearances and things, and look at all the interviews. Um, I love changing it up. Um, except RTG, I love having uh, James and Jay Gray back a lot. I really like that. <laughs> Obviously, they they always can give like good insight. Sometimes they'll give a little sneak peek. I think it was our our recent GM roundtable. Uh, uh, Jay Gray uh, showed the the GM screen, and uh, it was kind of cool to see it because I did the pre order on that thing. But uh, but I haven't seen like all of it. You know what I mean? Like I saw some low res shit. But he he showed it on camera. It's pretty cool. You can go see that on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube. It's VOD. The the just the recent GM roundtable. Let's see more questions. Yes, medias are awesome. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Rook because Rook's Rook's uh, gonna be playing a media. There, I'm giving away even more info about this Wednesday. Let's see, Furious George. Um, I don't totally know the role of a GM. So do you write a story and create characters for the players to interact with? Um, some, some GMs do. Some GMs will make, you know, pre-gens, they call them pre-generated characters, right? If they have a particular one shot in mind or something they're going to do. Uh, long-term, basically players, you know, you want them to create, pick their role, create their own character using the system. And then a GM is basically the game master. You're going to create the world that the players play and you're going to make up the campaign, the plot, the hooks, the NPCs that they interact with. You're going to basically build the world. And then as a GM, it's your, you know, it's your job to describe that world and basically present problems to the players that they have to deal with along the way, you know. Um, Smoking says, I'm working on a fixer whose parents whose parents were oh whose parents were were us were a solo and a techie and doesn't want the edge runner life but to survive he has to do it told rob and his goals for a, a heaven a self-sustained apartment block with everything a group needs to survive yeah no, I like that idea. Um, I Like I said, I think the dynamics between taking a role and then giving them, you know, maybe not so typical motivations is really interesting. It, you know, it gives them, like I said, some depth. Um, blind Aikido master would be cool, Eric says. Yeah, that would be very cool, you know, give them like real good skills, you know, and, and all that. And then their perception is real good, but it has to do with hearing, you know, and feeling and things like that. Um, can't wait for the pre-order. Yeah, exactly. That That screen been available in the U. oh being available in the uk yeah i got the pre-order from of the gm screen from i think it's dragon trove uh, it's also where i got my red core book when uh, you know i had the advanced copy of red from our talsorian so we could uh game play and test it out before it was released and i really appreciate that from our talsorian that's really what kind of um got us uh, uh really streaming hard you know 
because um, up until that we were doing the combo 2020 meets jumpstart and stuff you know and streaming that but but anyways uh yeah i think uh, uh i pre-ordered that the red when the physical book came out from dragon trove and it was only like I want to say like 40 bucks, like with shipping, like it was like free shipping and discounted. I pre-ordered and I got my book like fucking within days that that shit was released publicly. It was awesome. And other people were like waiting and everything. I don't know. I know UK, Australia, I have friends uh, in both those places. They had to wait a bit longer. It was a little bit different as you can expect. So maybe it's it's like that for you. I don't know. But check out Dragon Trove. They might allow a pre-order and they might be good with UK or whatever. Um, yeah, problem is shipping from U.S. to U.K. is usually double. Yeah, that's very true. Up to quadruple what the item itself costs. Need to wait. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. Um, do you have a favorite? Have a favorite of the scream sheets from the core rule book or Jumpstart? No, not really. You know, I didn't. I never really used them. You know, I went like I like reading stuff like that to get general ideas, um, but I, I never really used them. So I don't really have a favorite. Um, as far as scream sheets, my favorites are the ones that my team is making on the CyberpunkUncensored.com site. If you haven't seen those, go check them out. They're amazing. <laughs> PWB just just watched Judge Dredd. Oh, that's funny. I just watched that shit yesterday. On, uh, on I want to say Hulu or Netflix. I watched both of them, actually. I watched, uh, yeah, I watched both of them on Hulu just yesterday. Uh, the day before yesterday and yesterday. That is so funny you bring that up. Just watch uh, Judge Dredd last night. It has me in the mood to start writing again. What movies put you in the cyberpunk mindset? Um, all those. I'm also like a fan of Ghost in the Shell um, and all the different anime versions of Ghost in the Shell. Uh, obviously Blade Runner and shit like that. I'm still a fan of like cheesy-ass Total Recall. I love that, you know? Um yeah, all that shit. Oh, and Nina, what's up? Who, who are who are some of the PCs from the other campaigns that you'd want to bring into yours, apart from the legendary Jimenez? Exactly. Well, you know I want Jimenez back. I love the way that you play him and come up with creative ways of attacking people and fucking shit up. It's fun. But um but yeah, as far as the teams, like I've told all my players like who wants to come back, come back, you know, like uh um I would as long as they didn't die, obviously. But I love taking old characters and, and somehow working them as an NPC or something, especially like if you have the same players. Like I in that old twenty twenty red jumpstart I was doing like nine, ten months ago, whatever, you can see on the YouTube, just dig back in the videos. Um, once we got the advanced copy of Red and we dove into that, I let my players all make new characters, but I did like a weird crossover thing because now they, they jumped up to the time of Red. So I had their old player characters uh, come into the office where they were going to start working. They were actually working for a company and their old characters came in like, oh, you're going on tour. Um, this is the old rocker that's going to kind of show you the, the wings and it was his character from the previous and he actually got teary-eyed on stream. I did too. It was an emotional moment. I fucking loved it. Um, but I love bringing back old characters in one way or another. I think that's always fun. But um, but like I said, I have an open door with past players, um, whatever character, especially if they want to bring an old one back. Um, like, fuck, I'll work you in even if it's just for a session for fun because I just have great respect um, for players that gave me their time, you know, cause I put a lot of fucking energy into being a GM and, uh, and cyberpunk obviously. Um, so if a player gets down with me and they're committed and they're fucking 
doing it consistently or they give me that that same passion back i'm like man I, I i respect that forever so like you know anytime any of my players past present whatever you know wants to come back make an appearance hell yeah let's fucking do it but uh but especially in nino gaming i want him in as uh to come show up maybe for uh you know one of my monthly ones at cyberpunk uncensored or you know making an appearance on my weekly sirenscape that i'm going to be doing that would be fun that's that has a lot of really interesting players in it um i don't want to announce too much but uh, you might have heard some something about that. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, well, definitely. You know, you know, I want, I want you to come back and play. Um, I just rewatched Blade Runner again last night. Rook says, "Hell yeah!" Oh, PWB. I watched it yesterday on Amazon. All right. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Maybe I, I don't know. But I want to think. It was for me? It was either Netflix or Hulu. Um, I have Amazon Prime, but I haven't been there uh, since I finished the Boys series. And uh, some of those other series that are on there, I finished. I'm just waiting for, like, more new shit. <laughs> Mad Max. Hell yeah, George. I love that film. Mad Max. All, all the different, you know, Thunderdome, Mad Max, Road Warrior, all that shit. Smoking Kills. Gotta go get back to work now. Catch one of these streams finally. Hell yeah, I'm glad you made it. Um, hope everyone has a good rest of the evening, night. Oh yeah, thanks. And we'll see you next time. And the VOD will be on the YouTube. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'll see you online. Furious George, have a good one. Val be right back yeah it looks like val is busy at work too capricious nature hell yeah you you made it in i'm glad the stream was going yeah um didn't miss it just just got to work was worried i'd miss the whole stream yeah well you missed the majority i did cover your questions though um, oh, i already closed it so i can't reference it but yeah i answered your questions earlier i had them in my list uh, but yeah i went down the whole list of questions from the community we had a bunch of great questions in the chat so i would i would recommend check you know check out the vod when i get that posted on youtube um, lots of good stuff but as always on my amas i'll put timestamps. there's always a shitload of timestamps, and you can check out all the different things that we talk about um, so I'll, I'll do that same thing with this one um, but that being said i think we covered all questions like i said from the community and from chat so we're good to go. Um, I really appreciate all y'all tuning in. Um, it's absolutely encouraging for me to keep going. Like I said, that's what motivates me. I think that was one of your questions, Zach. You were like, you know, what what keeps you motivated in, in future content and stuff? And like I said before, I, I, I do uh, cyberpunk shit because I'm passionate about it. I obviously love it. But it's the support from the community that makes me do more and more and more. Like when people support me on Patreon or they fucking subscribe or you know, donate money and, and little things like that. It blows my mind. I'm like, fuck, man. Like they, they really dig the shit I'm doing, and it makes me want to do more. So that's my that's my big motivation. But aside from that, it's it's obviously like my foundation uh, is you know my passion for cyberpunk. But that being said, I do want to give another shout out to all the supporters: uh, Anino Gaming, Chris Anderson, Steve Barr of Sirenscape, Matt James, Jim Reservoir Panda, streaming every Sunday. Don't forget to check his shit out. It's awesome every morning, uh, 10 a.m. Samurai Mac. Uh, corruption, Roten, uh, hoping I'm saying that right. I tried to get that right in the fixer deep dive, and I'm trying to remember. I need to go back and double check. Simon Peter, Method, Nick Mastro, Filippo, Dolan Pondsmith, Chris Pilkington, uh, William Huddleston, uh, Huddleston, and Naomi Madlass, which are here. Uh, uh, that's Rook, uh, and they're the ones that are going to be joining with the weekly with my wife and some other players. Uh, coming up session zero this Wednesday, 4 p.m. So make sure you check that out. Um, Eric says, good shit, man. PWB, thanks much, Rob. Hey, thanks to all of you tuning in. Um, I'll see you guys next time. Take care.